Thanks, worship team. And I'm um, just so grateful for you guys. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about something tonight that I know that none of you actually struggle with. But I do. It's called temptation. And um, so will you be gracious to me as I talk, talk to you from this? And um, let's allow Jesus to, to talk to us tonight. <clears throat> Newton's third law says to every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So, so for some of us, that was a long time ago when we learned those things. In fact, we even forgotten them. And, um, but if you've got children, you'll be reminded about them. And, and here's the thing about life. Where there is an opportunity to do wrong, at the same time, there's an equal opportunity to do what's right. Have you noticed that? That when you are going to do something wrong, you know in the back of your mind, I actually shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing that. Talking to the same people? Okay. So James chapter 1 verse 12 says this. Blessed is a man who endures temptation. Now, if temptation wasn't a reality, the Bible wouldn't talk about it. So the fact that the Bible mentions it, it means that you and I are not living an abnormal life. We are facing what life has and is going to offer you all the time. It says, for where he has been, uh, sorry, uh, endured temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, underline this in your Bible, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt himself, uh, he himself tempt anyone. But each one, listen to this, these are some very strong words. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Settle it in your mind, temptation is yet to stay. And it's one of the battles that you and I are going to have to beat. And you might face it on a daily basis. Isn't that nice to know? So, temptation can be a stumbling block or temptation can be a stepping stone. What are we going to make it? If we are playing, let me say this, if you and I are playing with sin, I want to tell you it's going to become a stumbling block. But if you and I desire to walk in godliness, it's going to become the very stepping stone that's going to take you and I to a whole other level in our Christian life. Every fight, <laughs> we're living in a world right now where everybody's fighting to choose what they want to choose. Yeah? yeah? It's crazy. Absolute crazy. Well, temptation is a very good opportunity for you to choose rightly. Temptation is the devil's weapon to destroy us, but at the same time, God uses it to develop us. That's why, is it a stumbling block or is it a stepping stone? And, and, and you'll find that in your and my life, the, 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 the areas that I have the greatest testimony is where I've turned it from a stumbling block into a stepping stone. And caused it to become something that will give God glory. What has been the hard, just in your mind, answer this question. What have been the hardest lessons that you've had to learn? In your mind, just think of them. 
Think of the times, think of the places, all that kind of stuff. And watch how, how God works in this whole thing. How many of you remember the, the scripture, Galatians 2, about the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah? How many of you want the fruit of the Spirit to operate in your life? Yeah? Okay? Yeah. I know some of us, we, we, we publicly shy, but it's okay. So it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And it says this, against such things there is no law. That's in the King James Version. And that word law there, I love it because that word law means uh, prescriptive usage. So when you go to the doctor and he gives you medication, he tells you how to use it. If you use it less, it's not going to work for you. If you use it too much, it's going to harm you. But what's beautiful about the fruit of the Spirit is there's no, it says there, there, against such things there is no law. In other words, there is no um, maximum amount that you can actually flow in the, and function in the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, the Word encourages you to function in it immensely. Is that a good way of? Really wants you to be liberal in functioning in the fruit of the Spirit. So here comes the problem now. The Bible calls it fruit. Fruit doesn't ripen overnight. Fruit develops over a period of time. It's got to be worked into our life. You see, it's easy to say, I'm free one day. And you've never been tested. Because the next day, you fall again. So what happens is the fruit's actually not appearing in our life yet. It hasn't kind of like been massaged in. But when I've been producing the same fruit, when I, when I come across the hurdles and I beat it and I beat it and I beat it and I beat it, eventually somewhere along the line, yeah, I've won. I've won. This is called fruit. So how do we know God's developing the fruit of the Spirit in us? By experiencing experiencing circumstances where we want to act in the opposite way. Then you know God's working. Because he doesn't want to let you go there. He's trying to draw you in the opposite direction. Have you noticed that God doesn't, doesn't leave you alone? Have you noticed that, 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 that when you want to react wrongly, there is a voice that's speaking and saying, don't, 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 keep your mouth shut. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. Leave it. And so, you see, what happens is then, my character is developed. In, in resisting to do wrong, character is developed in me that helps me stand strong. So temptation provides the opportunity for us to be able to do that. So let me give you an illustration. The Bible says one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. How are you and I going to develop joy? Or no, not how are we going to. How do you think God's going to develop joy in your and my life? By putting you in a happy environment? Yeah, it's so like everybody's happy. Cool. Or is he maybe going to put you into an environment where there's somebody that kind of like just knows where that red button. How many of you have found that you've got a red button on your chest like and everybody seems to see that thing? And they go past it and they somehow seem to push that thing. And when they push it, it annoys you and you get angry and, 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 and words come out of your mouth and you, you think, where did that come from? 
You see, joy doesn't get developed in your and my life when I'm in a joyful environment. No, I learn the fruit of joy when I'm in an environment that is not joyful. But I have to choose to be joyful because I'm trusting in God to produce something totally different in me than what my environment is wanting to produce in me. (laughs) And I know you've never been there, but man, I've been there. That's why it says in James 1, 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Yo, 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 yo. Let's talk about peace. Peace is not going to come when you're in a peaceful environment. Peace is going to come when there's chaos around you. Godly peace is going to come in chaos. Because God is the God of peace. And when he comes and you rely on him and you focus on him and, and, you, and you leave the chaos alone and you put yourself in a place where you worship him and you magnify him and you're making his name great in that environment that, that wants to do the opposite in you, that's when peace becomes a fruit in your life that it doesn't matter what happens, people can see peace in your life, in my life. Colossians 3 says, let Why did they start that scripture with that word let? Because that means I don't have to let it, or I can't let it, or I won't let it. But it says let the peace of Christ rule. So in other words, it's a situation where I allow it to happen or I disallow it to happen. And if you and I want to see the fruit of the Spirit operate in our lives, I'm going to have to allow it to happen. But I mustn't be the one that's going to determine the environment which is going to happen because normally it's going to happen in an environment I don't like. I think I'm going to get saved after the sermon. I'm telling you. Let's talk about love. The Bible is very strong about love. 1 Corinthians 13 says about love. Love's not developed when I'm hanging around people that are easy to love. <laughs> when I'm hanging around people that I love, my love is. It's, it, I might have a genuine love for them, but my love is very shallow. But it's when I hang around people that, that find that button and push it. When I hang around people that, 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 that are, 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 are not very kind towards me. And I have to, I have to function in the opposite. And God says, love your enemies. That, that scripture. <laughs> that scripture is not an easy scripture to live. And so God uses the opposite of every fruit to produce in us what he wants. Why am I saying this? It's because so often we think God has left us or forsaken us when chaos is around us. No, he hasn't. All he is, is he's producing in you what he needs to produce in you. I have grown the most in my life, not when my life was easy, it was when my life was tough. How many of you have been in that boat? Why? Because you're like in the fire, and the fire burns off the stuff that's burnable. That good English, I don't too sure. But... Whatever can be burnt off, that's, that's what happens in the fire. And then gold comes out in the process. And you and I are gold. We're, like, we're valuable. And God is building something in you and I. So, here comes the deal. I cannot claim to be good if I've had the opportunity to be bad. I'll say that slower. I cannot claim to be good if I've never had an opportunity to be bad. Because then I've had to make a choice. Which way am I going to go? 
I cannot claim to be faithful if I've never had the opportunity to be unfaithful. I cannot claim to have victory if I have never been through the tests and through the trials. So God's producing in us. So let me tell you about my life. So this is, this is, this is Basil. This is God speaking to Basil. Came a time in my life when God said, alcohol is not part of your life. Personal conviction to Basil. It's not to you. And, um, and so what happens is, because when, when we were young, alcohol was very freely available to us as, as teenagers. My brother-in-law, he fed us the stuff. And so what happens is, I had to get to the place of where I said no, and then I had to put myself in an environment away from that to strengthen myself to resist it. Because I wasn't strong in myself to do that. You see, if you want to break loose from something, don't go and play in the lion's den, he'll eat you. And many of us, we go and play there and we think we're going to be okay. No, 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 you're going to get eaten. Don't go there. The Bible says, run away from youthful lust. Run away from sin. So don't go and play in the lion's den. Stay away from it. But there comes a time now, I don't think I have, I'm trying to think of how long it is now. I think it could be around about 35 years that I've not drunk alcohol at all. So now I can go and sit in a bar and you can put a beer or whatever underneath my nose and it doesn't move me that way. You know why? Because I do not like it. I, I dislike the smell. I dislike the taste. I dislike everything about it. I have won that fight. But there's some other fights I don't go and play there because I ain't won it yet. And so we need to, you need to be wise in, this, do this, in doing this. In 2 Corinthians 2.11 it says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we, uh, we are not unaware of his schemes. The enemy is tricky. He is sneaky. He creeps up to you and he grabs you without you knowing it. He's clever. I have seen the enemy. He is a, he has a, he is a strategist of note. He can plan things from different directions over a period of time where all of a sudden these things come and they grab you and you think, how did this happen? Because he wants to get you. The Bible tells me that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We're talking about temptation now. So, if you want to catch an animal, you're going to have to set a trap. And if you want to set a trap, you can't put it out there that the animal can see because you're not going to catch nothing. So you camouflage it. I've got a couple of illustrations to use. I'm just not too sure which illustration is a good one right now. <laughs> so I used to catch um, birds. Um, and, and so you put a trap box stick. You can't put bryflace into the box and hope you're going to attract the bird. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, you might catch a, a hawk. Okay. But I think he likes raw food. But anyway, so what happens is the enemy is not going to tempt you with stuff that you're not interested in. He's going to tempt you and he's going to set a trap for you of stuff that he knows he can get to you. He can get your attention. That when you get the smell of it, I mean, you just like, you're hooked. You, you, you get drawn away. You know those, um, those cartoon things of, uh, I think it's Goofy, 
and there's a lacquer, somebody cooking something, and he goes, and he follows the aroma. That's like we are. We get caught up in that whole thing, and we get dragged along into the trap. And so what happens is, the enemy is going to camouflage the traps that he's trying to get you into. That's why you and I have got to be awake and alert as Christians. Don't sleep. Be vigilant. He's going to blend it in. It's going to catch you by surprise. Catch me by surprise. James 1.14. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. There is something. Everything that you and I are leaving on the inside that is a doorway to the enemy to work in your life, he's going to use that against us. That's why we need to close doors. We need to close doors. So number one, how does temptation catch us? Number one, desire. Desire. I'm going to use an illustration now. Please do not do this at home. <laughs> this is just an illustration. Okay, don't go away and learn from this thing. Okay, leave it alone. But if you want to rob a bank, how are you going to do that? If you want to rob a bank, how are you going to do that? At night. At night. Very good. Sean, you said? Using technology. <laughs> you are in a different world. Hey. Somebody said something here? Somebody on the inside. Who is that somebody going to be? Is it somebody that... (laughs) I'm glad it's not going to be you. I don't like doing prison visitations, by the way. So, what kind of person are you going to be looking for on the inside? We need to listen to this because this, I I believe, is one of the key things that is going to help us. What kind of person are you going to be looking for inside the bank? A vulnerable person, a greedy person, a corruptible person, a poor. <laughs> a naive person, somebody easily influenced. Very what? Very observant. Okay. okay, you're not helping me at all now. <laughs> Let me tell you the kind of person that's going to help you on the inside. A disgruntled person. A person that's felt that they've had a bad deal. Somebody who's mad with the company and wants to get revenge. Okay? Those kind of people. Because they are prepared to risk their job because they're not enjoying it. They've got a bad attitude. Going to work is just a serious loss, but he knows that they, or she knows that they have to get there. And so to be able for, to rob a bank, you're going to have to get somebody on the inside working with you. Here's the key. For the enemy to be able to tempt you and I, he has to find an inside man. You went quiet now. Psalm 34 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. There's something powerful about a desire. For God to work in your life, He needs an inside man. It's called desire. For Satan to work in your and my life, He needs an inside man. And that's why Paul says, we make it our goal to please Him 
in every way. We've got to learn, as born-again believers, you close every door. Because any little door that's open, the enemy's coming for that. He's coming with his barge pole and his rams and he's doing all those things. Because he doesn't just push on it, he wants to break it open. He's going to come in like a flood. He's going to really invade your life. Paul also said this, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives on the inside. These are key scriptures that Paul is trying to communicate about closing these doors. And, and, and it's all got to do with desire. You see, the devils get a, get a trap. And he's looking for the inside man to be able to have access to your and my life. That's why Romans chapter 8, you can read that whole chapter. It talks about the war between the flesh and the spirit. And it says this, that those who live according to the flesh will reap from the flesh. And those who live according to the spirit will reap from the spirit. So you and I are going to reap wherever we're sowing. And wherever we're leaving the doors open. So there's plenty of place, uh, plenty of opportunities to be able to feed ourselves ungodliness in the world that we're living in right now. You just go onto the internet, and internet has become such an, a, 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 a necessary part of our life in everything we do. Yet it's the doorway that opens up many things that you and I don't even want, but it'll just, it'll just put it there. We're having a conversation with Joel today about how we have to put barriers up. We have to, it's no longer that, that somebody will protect you. No, you have to put things in place to protect yourself. And how, how thick you're going to make that barrier or that wall, it's all going to be determined on how much you want to stay away from that thing. And especially when it comes to all the sexual stuff that comes via the internet very quickly. You open that little door once, and it's amazing. What's that? Is it algorithm or whatever? When you go in there and you look, you look in the wrong place. You push one wrong button, and I'm telling you, that stuff's going to hound you. It's going to hound you. And you know what? Good desires can also become a trap. Let me say this. And that's why it's important. Mom, dad. It's important for us to create a, an environment where our children are loved, cared for, and feel accepted. Because I want to paint a picture for you. Can you think of a young girl who grows up in a home with an absent father? And all she wants to do is be loved by a man. And the right man would be her dad to set that role model. And so she grows up and that's all she's looking for. And she comes across this young rogue of a man, sees the gap, and he manipulates it to satisfy the desires of his flesh at the cost of her just wanting to be loved. You see how that works? Very quick. Very easy. So young ladies, be careful. Be careful. Not every man that says, I love you, is genuine. And young men, respect ladies. Respect ladies. Oh, now we've become very quiet here. So here's the deal. If I, desire to, if I have a desire to be destructive, the devil's going to create an opportunity for me to be able to deliver it. I'm going to get it. 
If I have a desire to destroy relationships because of jealousy, I'm telling you, you're going to get that opportunity. It's all about desire. The enemy knows how to do that. If, I have, if, if I'm angry and I want revenge, I'm telling you, you're going, to get, you're going to get an opportunity to be able to get revenge. And I'm asking us to close those doors because those doors will be more destructive in our life than anything else. But if I desire to be a blessing, I'm going to get those opportunities. I'm going to be a blessing wherever I go. Why? Because I'm looking for them. In Mark 7, 21, it says, For it is from within and out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, or vulgarity, vulgar, being vulgar, that came out all wrong, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. And that is why the Bible says to us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we, underline that in your Bible, it doesn't say the Lord, it says we. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The Lord cannot work beyond our desire. In the Great Commission, in Mark 16, Jesus tells him, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. But in verse 20, it says this, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Listen to this. And the Lord worked with them. He didn't work in any other way. He worked with them. Because they desired to see the kingdom come. And because they obeyed God going to preach the gospel, God confirmed that God was working with them. And I need to tell you, God can only work with us. In James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now that word submit, submit means to accept, surrender, or offer, or purposefully live. That word submit. It means putting yourself under something. We're living in a world now, I don't want you to tell me what to do. We, there's that loner kind of um, personality that's developing. I'm my own boss. I do what I want. I say what I want. Da, 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 da. Good for you. Go and live your life and tell me how good it's going to be for you. But God created us to protect us. And so he said, we need to submit. The next thing is resist. That word resist is not sitting on a couch and saying, go away, go away, go away. No, he's going nowhere. It means to fight against, to attack, to oppose, to avoid, to defend, and to refuse. Strong words. You and I push against. If you're going to resist something, you're going to have to push against it with everything that you have. And sometimes you're going to be feeling like you're losing. And that's why you have relationships. Because you call in the armed forces and say, guys, I need help. And we keep resisting. And we keep pushing against the thing. Until that thing breaks. Devil will always offer us a shortcut to do what God wants to do with us. When the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he wanted to give Jesus a shortcut and said, if you will bow to me, I'll give you all this. It's going to be all his anyway. By doing it at the cross. And buying it legally. And So what you need to understand is there's no shortcut to walking out 
our godliness. But there's one key thing that we have to deal with on the inside of us that nobody sees. And that is, what is our desire? What can God trust us with? What do I really want to live my Christian life like? Do I want to reflect Jesus properly? Or do I just want to serve him conveniently? See, if I serve him conveniently, then I'm just going to do the minimum. And I want to tell you, you're not going to get by just doing the minimum. Because the minimum is going to fall short. And it's going to catch you. See, doing the minimum is, is not dealing with everything in my life. The reason why God loves us is because when he touches something, he's saying, I want to bring healing there. I want to bring healing there. I want to bring healing there. And so, that's where I'm going to leave it tonight. I want to ask you, what are the desires on the inside of you that no man can see? When it comes to the Lord, and when it comes to sin. So in the worship time, I think it was Jasmine said she really felt that the way forward is for us to repent. See, repentance is the key to anything that God wants to do in our life. Repentance. Now, this repentance is not letting God do everything. Repentance is acknowledging what God did. And then I turn around and I walk away from it. I have to do something. I'm going to close that door. I'm not leaving it open because I don't want to play there. I don't know about you, but I've seen the enemy nearly destroy my life in a couple of areas. And I, you know the Afrikaans, you skrk vakar, your eyeballs go like this big because you didn't realize that when you play in enemy territory, he's serious. God loves us. Temptation is here to stay. And you and I are going to allow it or we're going to close the doors. In Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I want to close doors. I want to close doors. Worship team, can I ask you to come again, please? We're going to worship God. And I'm asking us now, will we get before the Lord and we will allow God to work and to search our hearts like we've never allowed Him before? He wants to build His church. He wants to build His kingdom. And He wants to use simple people like you and I. But we're going to have to become serious and close those things and say no to things that we have You're going to have to put up the barriers. You're going to have to reinforce them. You're going to have to think of what do I have available to me to help me walk in victory in this area. The Bible says confess our sin one to another. That's one of the things. Repentance is the first place. We start here with repentance. But what are we going to do after that? When the enemy pitches up tomorrow morning, what am I going to do differently? When the enemy comes with with everything that he has, how am I going to run from this thing? Because the Bible tells me to run. How do I run from that? It's heavy, but it's real. It's real. And and if I listen to everything that Andrew's kind of like been talking about concerning us as as a movement and that, we need to close the doors so that not that we become this isolated group of people. No. We want to be the body of Christ, but we don't want to be influenced by the enemy. Those doors we want to close. So I'm asking you tonight, will you and God have business together? Is that okay? Is that okay? Come, let's stand. Please.